You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Going on a game day. Welcome into the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. It's Logan Gordon along with you. For our friends at Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, Cracked Foundation, Boeing Foundation Walls, they have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems, they're all things basementy. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. Yes, it's game two of a four game road trip for the Calgary Flames. They are in Nashville getting set to take on the Predators. 7 o'clock puck drop tonight means Pat Steinberg has your Flames warm-up at 6 o'clock. Taking all the way until 7 where Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson take over to call the Flames. And the Nashville Predators Flames looking to extend their point streak to five games. They are currently on a 3-0-1 run. Last picking up a win against the Seattle Kraken on Monday. Busy couple hours for you here in the program coming up later on in hour one. You can start to get your questions in at 960-960. Another edition of Ask Andy coming up with our fantasy football guru, Andy McNamara. Busy week of football in the NFL with American Thanksgiving coming up. we got three games on Thursday to get to. You can text us at 960-960, and we'll get to your fantasy football questions with Andy Lilly later on. Wednesdays also mean to chat with Ailish Forfar from Sportsnet 590, the fan in Toronto. And we'll take a look at the opposition, the Nashville Predators, on David Poyle night in Nashville. Paul Scribina is going to join us. He covers the Predators for the Tennessean in Nashville. So lots to get to. Thanks for being along with us. Even if you don't have a question for Andy on our fantasy football segment, you can still shoot us a text on the fan feedback line if you're listening live. 960-960. Anything you want to chat about on this game day for the Calgary Flames, that's where we'll start the program off today. Quickly reminding you that my outstanding producers as well today, Cam and Taylor. But yes, it's the Flames and the Nashville Predators coming up in just a few moments. We will hear from head coach Ryan Huska and Jonathan Huberto on a game day. Live from Nashville following Morning Skate. What can we tell you from Morning Skate? For our pal Eric Francis of Sportsnet, our colleague. You can hear him on Fridays with Pat Steinberg on Flames Talk. Jacob Markstrom. Your first goaltender off the ice. He was in the starters net in Nashville. Expected to be your starting goaltender for the Calgary Flames tonight. And your lines and D pairings look like they'll change up a bit for this matchup against the Predators. Manjapani skating on a line with Lindholm and Sharon Govich. Still have Huberto with Backlund and Coleman. That's been a good trio. Dubé with Kadri and Pospisil. Greer with Ruzichka and Dewar. Of course, that would leave Connor Zeri as the odd man out. And uh, before we run into any unnecessary assumptions, uh, we hear from the head coach, he'll uh, let you know Connor Zeri a little banged up right now, which probably goes to explain why he saw a dip in his ice time in Monday's game in Seattle. 
and uh, explains why he won't play tonight. So it's not a benching for Connor Zary. Just sounds like he's dealing with uh, a couple of injuries at this point, and Flames feel as though it's better to sit him down for the evening. And uh, Eric also mentioning, looks like uh, Nick Simone may give way to Dennis Gilbert tonight on the third pairing with Nikita Zadorov. So you would still have Uyghur with Anderson, Hannafin with Tanev, and then Zadorov with Dennis Gilbert tonight. So a couple lineup changes to watch for. Again, we'll hear from the head coach coming up in just a few moments. But the Flames interaction tonight, 7-8-3. and three. They've turned the tide after a brutal start to the year. We don't have to remind you about it. The first 10 games of the season for the Calgary Flames, 2-7-1 and one in their last eight. They've turned it into a 5-1-2 and two record. Still looking to climb out of that hole and get back to 500. The Predators entering action tonight with a 7-10 and 10 record. And they might just be the tonic for the Calgary Flames disastrous power play. They did get a power play goal on Monday from Jonathan Huberto, but that was uh, ending an 0-for-16 streak in their last 16 games. These eight power play goals on the season for the Flames tied for the second fewest in franchise history through their first 18 games of a season. You have to go back to 2016-17 when they had fewer power play goals through their first 18 games. Back in 16-17, they had just six through their first 18 games of the season. But the Predators struggling on the penalty kill this season. They've killed just 40 of 56 times shorthanded. That's one of their worst historical penalty kill percentages through their first 17 games of a season. They're operating right now at 71.4%. They haven't been that low through 17 games to start a season since the 2020-2021 season where they started off the season at a 68.3% penalty kill clip. So we'll see if the Flames are able to uh, perhaps get a couple power play opportunities past one of the most uh, struggling penalty kill units in the league right now in the Nashville Predators. It is a game day. Let's hear from the head coach, Ryan Huska. He's set to make a couple lineup changes for tonight's game in Nashville. He spoke to the media following morning skate ahead of this game against the Predators. Well, let's just start with the, the stretch because uh, three and four nights, we kind of know uh, it's going to be uh, pretty busy in terms of workload, but just how do you kind of approach it and uh, the significance of it? Yeah, one day at a time. That's all you can do, and you focus on today being the most important game. Um, and then it's up to us to try to get them the rest when we can. So um, making sure we're putting them in a position to feel good about where they're at, that's, that's kind of on the coaching staff. Just listening to the guys in the locker room, it sounds like you know confidence is pretty high right now in terms of just um, you know the work that's been put in to get to this point. But um, it seems like it's across the board uh, not done yet. I mean, is that kind of a sense you get just you know happy with where it's come, but not? There's been steady improvements along the way, and you want to keep seeing that as a coach. But when you when you look at the standings and see where we're at, we have a long way to go. So um, every day you, you try to make sure that you're focused on getting a little bit better and we have done that over the last little while and we want to make sure we keep doing that here tonight. The other night, uh, Jonathan, the physicality on the forecheck yeah. was noticeable. Is that is that something that's being coached or is that the player taking it on I, himself? I think that's a lot of Hubie. You know, like the last three games in particular, he's been more, I don't know if I want to say energized or more intense with his play like and, and now he's he's around the puck a lot more these last three games and he's making plays like like we know he can make so it's nice to see when a player gets involved in a game like that and you know history coaching highly skilled players like that does it lead to some of the offense too and building some confidence i think it does i mean a lot of times when guys are going the other direction they try too much to make the cute play instead of just getting back to 
hard hockey, if you want to call it that. So if that means finishing a check or taking a hit um, to make a play, that sometimes is enough to get you going. It's uh, kind of a special night for Dan Lambert to come back after yeah. so many years. Uh, maybe just broadly speak about the way that he's been able to impact your team as a new member of the staff. Yeah, he's a people person for sure. And uh, the one thing that you love about him and the reason why we wanted to have him around is because he built such great connections with people. So um, it doesn't take you long to realize that when you spend five minutes with him that he is a um, someone that really cares about the people that he works with and he's trying to help bring along in regards to our players. So. Um, we're really lucky to have him um, on our staff, that's for sure. Ryan, it looks like uh, Connor Zeri might not be in tonight. And I asked you after the last game, like, you know, they, he didn't play much in the third. T- tell me what you saw, what you didn't see in the third, and what you see, need to see more of for him to get it's, back in. It's not, uh, you know, he is a little bit banged up. So okay. I, I, will go, I will say that. So, um, you know, his feet weren't going the way we'd expect them to go, but he's dealing with something now as well. What kind of challenge does Nashville maybe give you guys? You know, they're coming off of two big wins in this building. What kind of challenge do they give you guys? Uh, a lot. I mean, we this building is a hard building to play in, for one. Um, they have an elite goaltender, and they have uh, a mobile active defense that it causes a lot of problems if you're not if you're not on top of your details, for sure. So um, they're a little bit like we are. You know, they're, they're trying to get themselves back to solid ground. So every time we play in Nashville, it seems like it's a good game. What does Dan kind of add to your coaching? staff that you know you've been proud to have maybe so far yeah as I mentioned earlier it's he's uh he's a people person Mm -hmm. so he's he's been able to in a short period of time make a real good connection with our defensemen in particular um you know and he's got a quiet confidence about him that he's a a a real intelligent guy in our coaching office and um, as I said we're lucky to have him there you go that's Flames head coach Ryan Huska on a game day following morning skate in Nashville you can hear from the Flames' latest uh, audio as soon as we get it here on Sportsnet 960. The fan bringing it to you every single game day here on Sportsnet today. We'll hear from Jonathan Huberto coming up in just moments. But there was lots there with the coach, including uh, more on Connor Zary and his potential absence from the lineup tonight. Again, not looking at anything performance-related, dealing with a couple of injuries, and could be a big loss for the Calgary Flames. Connor Zary leading a charge for the Flames this season Eight points in nine games. That's uh, one of the most uh, in Flames history through his first nine games. Uh, tied with Theo Fleury. One behind Sean Monahan. He made his NHL debut, of course, going back to November 1st. And when you look at most points for rookies since November 1st, Connor Zary sitting second in the NHL behind another Connor. That Connor being Connor Bedard. That's how good Connor Zary's been of late. And, of course, Martin Pospisil doing it alongside him on that line with Nazem Kadri. He made his debut a few days later. He's got five points of his own. He's got 24 hits through those eight games. That's uh, the most among rookies the hits are since November 1st. And uh, he's one of a few players uh, when it comes to rookies with five points and 24 plus hits on the season as well. So making uh, a big contribution in more than one way if you're Martin Pospisil. Pospisil expected to be on that line with Kandri and Dubé, of course, we're not expecting to see Connor Zary uh, for the Calgary Flames tonight, as Ryan Huska says. Dealing with a couple of injuries that probably affected his game going back to uh, Seattle, where he only saw just over 11 minutes of ice time. Jonathan Huberto, we'll hear from him coming up in just a moment uh, on a game day as well. He's been heating up for the Calgary Flames ever since being put on that line with Michael Backlund and Blake Coleman. 
He's got five points during his current three-game point streak after putting up just seven points in the first 15 games this season. You look at the two splits for Huberto. First 15 games this season, I mentioned seven points, 20 shots on goal, and a minus 13 rating on the uh, plus-minus scale. Just in his last three games alone, five points, nine shots on goal. He's plus two, and he's got that power play goal. So Huberto definitely starting to find uh, a better consistent spot, it feels like, with Backlund and Coleman. He's uh, also pretty good player when it comes to his history against the Nashville Predators. He's got 29 points in 27 career games versus Nashville, 14 goals, 15 assists. That's one of the best among current NHLers um, with a minimum of 25 games played. Huberto averaging just over a point per game against the Predators. That's right up there with the likes of Nathan McKinnon, Steven Stamkos, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins among the best when it comes to playing against the Nashville Predators. He's feeling good. His team turning it around after a rough start. Let's hear from Jonathan Huberto. He also spoke to the media in Nashville. We're bringing it to you here first on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Yeah, yeah, I do. I think I'm creating way more stuff. And, you know, some guys I could have probably had, had more points, but I think it's, uh, like I said, I think it's more creating and be like, you know, somebody that's on the ice and creating some 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 stuff and be like, uh, you know, tough to, to play against. And I think that the past weekend has been like that. So. Thank you. John, I know you may have touched on it there, but you know, the physicality that you showed the other night, is that, uh, is that something you're trying to bring to your game to get involved that way, or is it just happening? It just happened. I mean, the other night, I, I'm not the guy who's going to lay big hits every night. But, um, yeah, I think it's it's the kind of thing that you feel, you know, the guys look at you and feeling more engaged, you know, into the game. And I can be – I mean, it's more like to win battles and stuff like that. And big hit, I'm not going to lay big, big hits, but – I think just to go out there and win battle, and it just shows you know that, that you're working hard. Is that uh, partly the battle part? Is that partly what you know your line specifically has done real well over the last what, you know since you guys were, have been together like, three games? I think it is. Yeah, I think we're gonna be a hard line to play against, and you know I think we we've been. I mean, we want to, you know, we don't want to get scored too much, and but we want to be in their zone as much as, as we can. And I think like, you know we, with these two guys were. You know, we're talking a lot, and the communication is there, yeah. and it's it's been good on, on that note. And I think we just got to keep going. I think it's it's going well so far. So just you know, be a, be a tough line to play against. That's what we want to be. Can you feel that start to snowball in terms of you know you have a couple of good shifts and then it's a couple of good games and just the confidence as a trio like that together? Yeah, it changed your mindset. Obviously, yeah. coming into games and you know what you can do, but yeah, it's more like you know poise with with the puck. Yeah. That you know it's been it's been better. And, you know, obviously trusting yourself a little bit more. So making these plays and, you know, these no-look no look plays and stuff like that. So it's been, it's been way better. I think it's just, to, like I said, not at the top yet, but just to, to get these few games obviously felt good personally. Uh, just as a group, uh, when you look at the road trip, obviously this is a kind of a tough haul in terms of three and four nights, I think it is, to kind of finish it yeah. off. Just what's important about continuing a lot of the good things that you guys have put in place here so far? It is important. I think we're close, you know, to come back into a playoff spot and 500. I mean, you know, we hasn't been an easy start for us, but now we're, you know, I think we're, we're seeing something, something good and we've been playing good lately, so... Keep going with that. I think it's going to be a tough three and four. 
but you know, focus on tonight and start start here. Uh, last night, uh, after the game, uh, last game, had a couple of uh, souvenir pucks there, a couple of milestone pucks. So, yeah. You know, how, how fun is that, though, as a group, uh, when you can celebrate those, especially after a big win like that? Yeah, it's always nice, obviously, after, after a big win, but it's nice, you know, milestone, it's always cool. Yeah. You know, 100 goal for Manch. Um, you know, it's well deserved by, by every guy. We work hard to get there and to, to get milestone in this league. You know, it's not easy. I think backs, obviously, 500 points. Yeah. That's impressive. That's, that's cool. So it's it's fun to be part of that. Sorry, sorry to go backwards here, but, but even before you got here to Calgary, Michael has this reputation of being like an easy guy to play against. What has it? Why does it work so well with so many different guys? Um, I think, I, I don't know. I think he's like a, a type of player that you can... He can just be like surrounded. I think he makes you better. Like I said, I think the poise with, with the puck that he has, that he has with the puck, I think, yeah, makes it easier on on you, you know, on the wing. And he's a the guy that's not gonna cheat the game. You know, he's he's always a, you know, it, it takes pride in defensive, defensively. He's great on face off. You know, you get the puck more. And um, I think he's just, a, you know, a guy that likes to talk to. It's good. I, I like having. A good, good communication, you know, with the, my sentiment, and that has been great. So. Playing forward, Jonathan Huberto on a game day from Nashville, who to continue his point streak as the Flames look for another win on this road trip tonight against the Nashville Predators. Quick reminder, you hear from the Calgary Flames on a game day first here on Sportsnet 960, the fan. Uh, some notes, again, if you missed it earlier, per Eric Francis, our Sportsnet colleague on the ground in Nashville, looking at some lineup changes tonight for the Calgary Flames. It uh, looks like Connor Zeri will be the odd man out dealing with some injuries right now. So Adam Ruzichko will come back into the lineup. Dubé will take Zeri's spot with Kadri and Pospisil. Greer, Ruzichka, Dewar is going to be your fourth line. You'll still keep uh, Manjapani, Lindholm, Sharon, Govich together. Same with Huberto, Backlund, and Coleman. Also, uh, Eric mentioning it sounds like we might see Dennis Gilbert on the third pairing with Nikita Zadorov and Nick Simone. May see the night off in Nashville. And, of course, Jacob Markstrom set to get the start in goal for the Calgary Flames. 6 o'clock, your Flames warm up with the one and only Pat Steinberg. He'll get you set for tonight's matchup and get you all the way up until puck drop with Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson right here on your home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960. The fan, if you're watching the matchup tonight, it's going to be on Sportsnet 360. It's a busy, busy night across the NHL. No games yesterday. No games tomorrow, so they got 14 on the schedule tonight. Uh, it all starts off at 5 o'clock. Oilers and Hurricanes, that game available for you to watch on Sportsnet 1. Sportsnet West going to be covering the Jets and Lightning at 5 o'clock. And like I mentioned, Flames and Predators at 7, taking over on Sportsnet 360. So that's your Sportsnet viewing schedule. Other games tonight, Blackhawks and Blue Jackets uh, going from Columbus. You've got the Devils and the Red Wings at 5. Bruins take on the Panthers, two of the best teams in the East, meeting up in Florida tonight. Rangers, Penguins, Sabres and the Capitals, the Flyers and the Islanders, Blues taking on the Coyotes. It's the Golden Knights and the Stars in a good Western Conference battle at 7.30. Habs, Ducks, Canucks, Avs from Colorado. And then finally, the late game tonight, it's the Seattle Kraken hosting the San Jose Sharks, who still sit on three wins this season. San Jose enters tonight's action with a 3-14-1 record. Uh, quickly, before we take our first break on the program, speaking of the Kraken and the Golden Knights, we got ruined a little bit earlier this week, but the official reveal happening today uh, ahead of their winter classic matchup, the Vegas Golden Knights 
and the Seattle Kraken debuting their new uniforms. Uh, my producer, Taylor, I heard you and Cam sort of talking about these earlier. Give me your initial impression. Seattle with a blue look, white and baby blue striping. They've got the Seattle S in red with the Kraken on it. Uh, Vegas, a, a pretty plain jersey overall. You got white jersey, some gold striping, gold shoulders, and a V on the middle. Taylor, what do you think of these Seattle Kraken and Vegas Golden Knights Winter Classic jerseys? I am not a fan of the Vegas jerseys at all. Um, I think they're very underwhelming. Um, but at the same time, I think that I like the Krakens, but I think that they're a little too stripy. It's giving like the Montreal Canadiens barber pole jerseys. Mm. And I think they if they just stuck to doing a color block of three instead of repeating the pattern twice, I, I think it would have liked it a lot but more. Yeah, the more I look at it and you mentioned those color blocks, and this is hard for radio, but there's an extra baby blue and white stripe right at the bottom of the Seattle jersey. If you got rid of that, just went with the navy there, I think I'm with you. I think I'd like it a lot more. It's a little busy there. Just kind of, I don't know. I don't. This whole, I don't, the whole thing's been weird, though, because, like, the Utah Jazz <laughs> were, like, all of a sudden wearing these Seattle jerseys earlier in the week, and everyone was like, we haven't seen those Seattle jerseys before. Yeah, and then... Who gave the Jazz those jerseys? Yeah, That's like, what why, I want to know. How did they get them? Why Utah? I don't know. And then there was a wrestling, I want to say, uh, uh, someone will correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was AEW. Um, one of their like segments that they were doing, um, one of their hosts was wearing the Vegas jersey. And again, all of this came before the actual reveal for this, which is today. Yeah, it was AEW. So planning was not great. planned Game properly. AEW jerseys. I don't get it. Great job giving the Utah Jazz and <laughs> AEW. Were they hoping that nobody would notice that they were wearing I, yeah, jerseys? Yeah, everyone's just like, oh, wow, we've never seen those Seattle jerseys before. I wonder what those are for as the Utah Jazz walk in for a game. They're just having a little silly time wearing some yeah. random jersey now that doesn't see, exist. See, now Seattle has to has to get early access to a Utah jersey and ruin it for them. Oh, I like it. Really spoil the party. That's what we got to do now. Yeah. Uh, if you're curious about when that uh, matchup meets up between these two expansion teams, they are heading outdoors for the NHL Winter Classic at T-Mobile Park in Seattle on January 1st. So if you want to, uh, head to NHL.com. It's their main story up there now. You can take a peek at the Seattle Kraken and the Vegas Golden Knights and what they're going to wear for their outdoor game on January 1st. We'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side. You can start getting your texts in now. It's a busy week of NFL football that kicks off on Thursday. American Thanksgiving sees games on Friday as well. If you've got football questions, fantasy football questions for Andy McNamara, our fantasy football guru, 960-960. You can start getting them in now. Our Wednesday chat with AMC is next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. It is a packed Week 12 schedule in the NFL for week 12, three games on Thursday, one on Friday. Of course, your usual busy slate on Sunday and then Monday night football, Bears and Vikings to end it all off. Of course, American Thanksgiving coming up gives us a full slate of games to watch tomorrow. Welcome back to Sportsnet today. It's Logan Gordon along with you. 
And it's a Wednesday, so you know it's time for us to check in with our fantasy football guru, Andy McNamara, to get you set for another week. Start sending your questions in to 960-960-AMC. Happy Wednesday, pal. How are you? Happy Wednesday, and yeah, man, Thursday, Friday, Sunday games. Let's go. We're, we're, we're hitting it with NFL. I'm loving it. Uh, Thursday here in Calgary, it all gets going at 1030. Packers, Lions, you've got the Commanders and the Cowboys. 49ers, Seahawks to end it all off should be a good one. Uh, keep your questions coming. I know we got a bunch in already at 960-960, but if you need fantasy football advice, you want to know who to start, who to sit, maybe your trade deadline, uh, hasn't passed quite yet. You can send in your trade offers. Make sure to let us know if it's a PPR league, half PPR, standard scoring. Uh, we'll get to your questions with Andy coming up in just a few moments. But uh, big win for your Browns last week. It wasn't pretty oh. AMC, but a win is a win, eh? Oh, man. I called the score exactly, too. 13-10. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah, that was as as ugly as I thought, but it, it turned out ugly in the right way, right? It doesn't yeah. doesn't matter. We look at the wins, and now the Browns are tied for the second-best record in the AFC, which is kind of crazy to think that they've won games with three different quarterbacks and have signed Joe Flacco getting introduced to the media today uh, as well as a future backup. So it's kind of nuts. Uh, and look, uh, you might have done a favor for Steelers fans too because that was the final straw for offensive coordinator Matt Canada, who, uh, look, I don't know how the Steelers got to 6-4 and four AMC with this being like their fifth game that they put up 10 or less points. They have been putrid on offense. Oh yeah. Just, and this goes back to last year, Matt Canada's whole reign. He was, he's buddies with Mike Tomlin. Like he helped Mike Tomlin. Uh, it was either his son or relative get into a college or something. And yeah, man, like phew, there, there's nepotism. And then there's like, come on, man, people can see this. People can see what's, <laughs> this is terrible. Like just by accident. Like, do you not think like a premier Madden player could call a more creative offense. I'm not saying it would work, but at least it would be more fun. Like, this is terrible. Then you couple that with that Kenny Pickett is absolute trash. Absolute average. Average, average from top to bottom. And this is what you get. Oh, and by the way, the one thing that was working, Jalen Warren, I could hear fantasy uh, owners screaming all over the world, you stopped running him. He was the only thing that was working, and you stopped running him. So I don't know what the heck they're doing. Yeah, that's been a strange one. You and me have talked about that this year. Jalen Warren's looked like the better back all season long, and here they are continually feeding Najee Harris. And I get it. You've put draft capital into him, but, I mean, aren't we out here trying to win games as the best option, not make the most sense? And here they are still somehow in this, but it's been a very weird start to get there for them. Yeah, it really has. And now the AFC North, um, while still – formidable is starting to not be as uh, maybe dangerous as it was a couple weeks ago. Bengals without Joe Burrow fall to five and five Steelers. The offense finally catches up with them. Will they get a bump because of an OC change? Again, I, I don't know how much more you can do with Kenny Pickett. Yeah. Like to his, to his credit, to Pickett's credit, like he would be able to make like one throw in the fourth and, and it would get you into field goal range or something. But I just don't know how much more you can do um, if you're the Steelers. So this is going to be a big week for them facing the Bengals in Cincinnati. And man, if you are a Cincinnati Bengals owner of, of Chase Higgins, mix it. Boy, man, like you, you can't get better. The Browns got Flacco. I don't love Flacco, but he's better than Browning. Whoever the heck he is. Good yeah. Lord. 
let's, let's let's dive into that. That is one of the questions I had for you. What are you doing with Bengals receivers oh. without Joe Burrow, Andy? Like, I mean, I know you have to start Jamar Chase. He's your top yeah. receiver. I don't know that you love it anymore, but I mean, past that, Higgins, Boyd, tight end, and Hudson. Anything that you like with uh, besides Chase right now? If you're the uh, owner of a Bengals player, I would have to think that Mixon's fantasy stock rises because you don't want Jake Browning throwing the ball that much. Yes. So I think it, I think it could benefit Joe Mixon. Uh, but other than, than that, like you can't play Tyler Boyd unless there's an injury again, even if there's an injury and, and T Higgins, again, you, you're probably going to play him, but you, I don't know what you're going to get by volume. I think Jamar chase is still going to be serviceable, but Jake Browning, he's, this is like, you can't get, Somebody else like Jake Browning. This was a total flop and fail by the Bengals organization who knew that Joe Burrow has had, I wouldn't call him like injury plagued or prone per se, but he's had enough injuries that you have to figure you need to do better than Jake Browning as your backup quarterback. And they didn't now they're paying the price. Yeah. It feels like a pretty steep drop off between Burrow and Browning and we'll, See that this week, I think. Uh, quick reminder, get your text in at 960-960. If you've got questions for our fantasy football guru, Andy McNamara, get them in. you got three games on Thursday. You're going to have to make some start-sit decisions right away, including a game on Friday between the Dolphins and the Jets. 960-960. Ask Andy's coming up in just a few moments. Uh, Andy, he was probably one of the more popular ads if you needed a tight end this week. How do you feel about Isaiah Likely and the bump he's going to mm. get in that Ravens offense? Yeah, that, that could be um, a nice pickup. He was definitely my top tight end ad this week. And it's a case where it's not strictly just sort of guessing and thinking, okay, next man up. Likely has popped in the past a little bit, right? He's had his moments. He's had nothing consistent where you'd be able to say, okay, well, we can do it all the time. But you look behind him, man, it's Charlie Kolar. It's not too threatening of a, of a name. So I think that it could be something where he's not going to be getting Mark Andrews production or volume, but he could be serviceable. Uh, Lamar Jackson likes going to the tight end. So I think it's going to be a bump up for Zay Flowers for sure. Um, if you're a Zay Flowers owner, uh, not that you were not getting him in, but feel very confident putting him in the lineup. And yeah, you put likely in Logan, like we talk about, look, you can be a top 12 tight end, a technical TE1, and get eight fantasy points. So it's not like there's too high of a bar to set. So likely, yeah, he's done it a little bit in the past, and he's going to get his chance. Uh, we mentioned it with the Brown, oh, with the Bengals, excuse me, but there's plenty of new quarterback blood uh, around the league right now. Um, I guess this is a general question. If you're in need of a quarterback, perhaps you're in a two-quarterback lead league, is, is there any value right now in guys like Tim Boyle, a Tommy DeVito or a Dorian Thompson Robinson, if you're in need of a QB, not Tim Boyle. No, I, I no. I, and you know what, Logan, I don't care if Tim Boyle throws 400 yards this week. I am never going to come on your show and tell you Tim Boyle. Never, <laughs> never not going to happen. Okay. Yeah. No, <laughs> I can't do it. Now, is there a Tommy DeVito kind of, you know, he's sort of in the mini Johnny Mansell, the sort of the Italian, like the food, like, Oh, you know, like that's kind of fun. I kind of, I, I'm kind of getting behind the Tommy DeVito story from an entertainment value from a, a actual fantasy value. Do I like the Tommy DeVito? Not really, but can I go against the guy really through three touchdowns? Now Washington's defense has been gashed. You got new England. We know Belichick against young quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks. 
Um, and you got the bye. I, I don't love the start this week. He is projected to have 7.42 fantasy points. Now, he crushed that last week, of course. Um, not the worst. You could also go Desmond Ritter right out of Atlanta. Again, real-life-wise, not exciting. Fantasy-wise, he has had his moments this year, including consecutive weeks. So Desmond Ritter is somebody else you could be looking at. And depending on um, where your league is at, you can look right now. Jordan Love of the Green Bay Packers, Logan and Yahoo Leagues, he's available in 50%. Now, you get Jordan Love. You know, last two weeks, 20.88 fantasy points last week, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Week before, went two and two, 18.66, and has flashed the first four weeks of the season, 19 plus. There's a, like, who would you rather have? Tommy DeVito or Jordan Love? Yeah. To me right now, I think I'd rather take the chance on Jordan Love. Uh, I'm in the same boat there. Quick reminder, last uh, call for text here as we get uh, closer to another edition of Ask Andy. If you've got fantasy football questions, start getting them in. At 960-960, you need start-sit suggestions. Like we mentioned, if you've still got a trade deadline that hasn't passed yet, uh, you need some waiver advice, anything like that, let us know. We'll get to ask Andy in just a few moments here. Uh, Andy, one big uh, spot to watch for right now, Aaron Jones in Green Bay. He's dealing with another injury, but one of the guys that you would have thought would be the most valuable handcuffs this year in A.J. Dillon has not looked great when he's been given the opportunity how do you feel about the Green Bay running back situation right now? Yeah, Aaron Jones looks doubtful with the uh, the MCL and short week. A.J. Dillon, uh, he's got a groin injury as well. And so now you look to, all right, well, what about Emmanuel Wilson? It just seems like a real mess with the Green Bay Packers. So, you know, like, yeah, like an Emmanuel Wilson, I, I'm not going to advocate that this is a must start, but it's somebody – maybe interesting depending on the severity of AJ Dillon's um, groin injury, right? You got yeah. Patrick Baylor in there too. Like it's boy, man, it's, it's not, not pretty. It's probably best to avoid the backfield of the green Bay Packers at this time. Um, Cause we, it, with the groin injury, it's like a hammy, right? One of those things you get one wrong plant and push and then you're done. So it might be what that could mean is if Jaden Reed goes, he's quietly snuck in to be a nice WR2, but he's questionable. So if he goes, I feel real good about Jaden Reed, and it just might mean um, a little bit more throwing of the football, which benefits pretty much everybody else, including Jordan Love. Uh, all right, the text line's filling up. You can still get your questions in at 960-960, but it's time to kick off the Week 12 edition of Ask Andy. You've got fantasy questions. He's got fantasy answers. It's time for Ask Andy on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. All right, AMC, it's the American Thanksgiving edition of Ask Andy. Yeah. You ready to roll, pal? Let's do it. We got a lot to do. Lots to get to. Let's start uh, with this one from Jonathan. I need two to start this week, please. A-Chain, Kyron Williams, John, uh, James Conner, or Devin Singletary? Oh, but, well... Uh, Shane re-injured that knee again, so where's that at? Yeah. Kyron Williams is practicing, could play Sunday, but that's not a guarantee in first game back. So to me, I'm canceling those two out for this week. And then we look, um, I would say out of the other two, James Conner gives you the highest ceiling. Uh, he's getting the workload two weeks in, not the fantasy points that we want per se, but he's getting the work. And I just, Devin Singletary just, outside of the rare occurrence, doesn't pop on fantasy teams. This is CJ Stroud show. Um, I would go with James Conner. 
Uh, hey, Andy, non-PPR league, do I trust Ridley again or stick with Terry McLaurin? Mm, boy. Yeah, Ridley's, Ridley's been up and down, right? And we, we really liked him in the preseason. He's had his moments. Uh, you look at Terry McLaurin, who was really hot for a four-week stretch from week six through week nine, now single-digit output the last couple games. And you go with, with the Dallas even in Dallas. <sighs> you know what? I think we go with Ridley. Uh, general question here from a texter, but uh, do you feel like it would be time to trade away Cooper Cup? Mm, always depends on what you get. Never hurts to dangle, right? If it's a trade deadline, uh, well, what are you getting back? Yeah. Right? Is this a keeper league? Is it a now? If it's a redraft league, I don't hate it necessarily. It just really depends what you're getting back. Because we know he can pop at any moment and can go on a nice run if he stays healthy. It's It's an if, though. So, yeah, put it out there to your league. See what the offers are. Nothing says you have to do it. You get some, maybe you get surprised with something nice, and if it isn't, okay, then you can make do. Uh, Jeremy asking for two of these, Andy. Boyd, Gabe Davis, Garrett Wilson, Calvin Ridley. Ridley for sure. Yep. Uh, no, not Boyd. We, we talked about it. We got Browning. Come on. Nope. Garrett Wilson, Tim Boyle. Oof. Yeah. Okay. So we're going with the other two. Ridley, and who's the other one? Gabe Davis. Yeah, let's go, Gabe. Okay. Why not? Uh, let's go here. Uh, half PPR Keeper League. Andy, I made a trade last week. I'm four and six, desperate at quarterback. Don't have time for Jefferson to be hurt anymore. Coming up, mm -hmm. he's got a bye coming up, so I traded him for Stroud and Garrett Wilson. Thoughts, I'm in ninth place, ninth place right now, and need to get into the dance. So he traded away Jefferson and Stroud uh, for Garrett Wilson. He tra he is getting Trade Stroud or he traded away Stroud? Getting Stroud and Wilson for Jefferson. Oh, that's pretty good. If you need a quarterback help, you know, you, now Garrett Wilson, like like we talked about, you're even with Zach Wilson, he was still producing, right? That's yeah. how good Garrett Wilson is. Can Tim Boyle do it for him? Uh, boy, like, like probably not, but it, at least is some, at least you're getting a starter back. You're getting someone, you know, that Tim Boyle can distribute the ball in any way, shape, or form, he should get some touches. It's risky. But C.J. Stroud's playing really good at quarterback. And you might just have to kind of, you know, patch job your um, your wide receiver group. You look, okay, is let's see a 2-2 Atwell out there again. He was my top wide receiver add off of waiver wires at the Cooper Cup news. 2-2 looked real good when Cooper Cup was out earlier in the year. So maybe it's something you look to – backload your bench and try to get a few other guys in case things really go south with Wilson. But no, I think that's a good, that if you're in desperation mode, redraft league, I think it's a smart move. You're in a, he's, he went in for a position to try to win. Otherwise, what the heck are you even playing fantasy football for? And you know what? Keeper league. I wouldn't mind having the option of CJ Stroud going forward. In the no. Keeper league. No, if it's a keeper league, sure. Like that's not bad either. And if you hope that the jets can, whether it's Aaron Rodgers or somebody else, not named Zach Wilson or Tim Boyle, not too bad having Garrett Wilson on your roster either. Yeah, could be worse. Uh, let's keep yeah. it going. Paul and Chestermere, uh, you got any thoughts on a sleeper wide receiver for this week, Andy? I would say like Tutu Atwell, who I uh, who I mentioned there. Um, I'm just going to check his ownership because he was low. He's still low. He's 27% yeah. rostered. That's just, and again, it's going to be tricky because we probably won't know Cooper Cup's real availability until um, later in the week. Because when do they, they're 
Sunday at 4.05. So it might be a case where maybe Cooper Cup goes, and in that case, you don't play 2-2. But if he's that close, he could get injured again, and you could have yourself a legitimate WR2 who has proven this year that he can step up and go. And if he doesn't play, you're playing the Arizona Cardinals, who are 2-9. and nine. So that would be a pretty sweet spot. I'd say 2-2 would be my top guy so far this week. Uh, Paul's also curious if you have uh, a best uh, low-value defense to play for Daily Fantasy this weekend. Mm, Yeah, we have to look at the prices here. I liked. I picked up Tennessee. Um, I don't know what the the DFS prices are off the top of my head, but uh, I really like the the Tennessee offense this week. The Miami offense, obviously, that'll probably be a bit higher. Uh, Browns uh, defense. As well, I think they might be a little bit. Denver's a one-point favorite, um, but that defense is playing next level. Maybe uh, the price drops a little bit there. Saints defense, not super exciting, but Atlanta struggles. So those are a few you could keep your eye on. Uh, tight end question in a PPR league: Kincaid in Buffalo or Laporta in Detroit? Oh, Laporta. Even though it's been a little slower, um, Laporta is a stud. He's a star, and it's something where. He's really popped. I, look, I don't hate Kincaid either. Yeah, uh, absolutely not. But you are playing the Philadelphia Eagles, who uh, we just saw are really good, yeah. really good. Not bad. Uh, so, so while, while like I don't again, if you play Kincaid, that's that's fine. But for this specific weekend matchup, I'm going to say Laporta. Uh, another tight end question: Isaiah Likely or Taysom Hill? Oh boy, Taysom Hill! Oh, I got him on the bench. He taunts me with that smile, <laughs> the profile pic every week. Every week, Logan, the thing with Taysom Hill, he went on a stretch of what? Three weeks in a row where he popped and then he went to four points. Yep. Right. So you could have a 20 point Taysom Hill day. You could have a four point Taysom Hill day. We don't know. We don't know. Any analyst who tells you they know is lying. Nobody knows. It's a mystery. So depends how risky you are going to get a boom or a bust. Isaiah likely is going to give you a higher floor, much lower ceiling. If I want to be a bit conservative and I like the rest of my lineup, I would go likely. If I'm playing a tough opponent, I'm like, man, you know what? I'm probably going to lose. And well, But if Taysom Hill gets me 20, I got a chance. Then you go with Taysom Hill. A uh, bunch to get through here. Let's try to move through some of these. Uh, this one, uh, flex spot, non-PPR. Am I starting Demario Douglas or Jake Ferguson? Love you guys. Mm, love you too, buddy. Love you too. Uh, let's go Jake Ferguson. Let's go. <laughs> I love our listeners. Uh, 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 yeah, same here. It's it's the bad. I love doing this. Uh, yeah. Running back question: uh, A chain if active or Javante Williams? Ooh, now Javante Williams against the Browns run D. They can they can be gashed at times, right? We saw that with uh, Jalen Warren. <sighs> Boy, I would say you know what? Like, well, you might not have a choice. I don't think. I bet you A chain doesn't go or is limited. So. I would say you're probably going to go Javante Williams, even if agent is active to come back first game and re-injure the knee. That's not a good look. So I'd say Williams. Uh, I'm in need of a tight end. How do you feel about Pat Fryermuth as a pickup? Not like, okay. The talent is there. We know now it is a new offensive coordinator, which is an unknown. If we would think that they just have to open it up at some point, right? You, you have to be more creative because, 
people will freak out in Pittsburgh if you go with a Matt Canada looking <laughs> offense. I don't hate it. You know, I, I think it's a, it's a risky play this week because we don't know. Anytime there's an unknown, we have to kind of project. Frymouth has produced in the past. He's a weapon. It will be a second game back. Um, I, don't, I think it's a good, good play. Uh, a couple more here as we wrap things up on another edition of Ask Andy. Uh, half point PPR. What do you like, Christian Watson or Demario Douglas? Mm, Watson's been in and out of the lineup, right? Yes. It's Demario Douglas. You talk about the ultimate, like, boy, low ceiling, right? Like, look, look at the Patriots' offense. They're so bad. They're so bad with the quarterback situation. But you look at Christian Watson, and he had single-digit uh, fantasy production from week seven to week 10 and just got over because of a touchdown, just two catches. You know what? I think you owe Demario Douglas based on, on probable volume, but don't be surprised if you end up with like 10 points. Uh, trade proposition for your uh, advice, Ooh. Andy. 10-team yeah. league PPR. Should I trade Saquon Barkley and Dalton Kincaid for Travis Kelsey. Ooh, I, I wouldn't like Kincaid. Okay. No one can put up numbers quite like Kelsey, but it's not the same as in years past and running backs are so difficult. Like, unless you are, unless your other two running backs are like legit studs, we've seen Kincaid go. No, I don't think you do that deal. I don't think you do that deal. Kincaid's been putting up decent enough numbers that I think you, you can hold on. And Barkley, um, at running back, it's, it is so rare to be able to get a true star, and he's been playing like a star for the most part this year, despite how bad the Giants have been. Uh, final two questions here, Andy. I need to start two of the following in a half PPR league. Uh, Kareem Hunt, Najee Harris, Ty Chandler, Keaton Mitchell. <clears throat> Boy, I, I, everybody's in a committee there, right? Yep. Everybody's in a committee. Mitchell's a home run. Um, he might, if he doesn't score a touchdown, he does nothing for you and he'll probably get three touches. So, you know, buyer beware there. Kareem Hunt has been a touchdown machine. You know what? I think I might go Kareem Hunt. Denver's run defense is ranked 31st or 32nd in every run category. So I think you go Kareem Hunt. Did he need two or one? Two. Two. Okay. Hunt. And then try, you know what? I go Ty Chandler. Um, with Madison back in, it certainly limits him, but he's reaching, he's getting you kind of like 10 fantasy points ish, which in this scenario with these options, isn't too bad. So I'd say Hunt and Chandler. And last but not least, uh, is Leonard Fournette ever going to play or should I just get rid of him and open up a bench spot? (laughs) Yeah, that's the tricky part, right? Um, It really depends. It's like, okay, in Buffalo, what's the upside anyway? I'd say never just release a running back or a tight end just to create a bench spot that you're just going to be looking at. Like if you can add somebody else of some sort of value that at least has a chance to see the field, then yeah. But right now I'd say, no, like hold on. If if you're not going to replace him with anybody else, hold on to him. Cause you're one injury away for him, him being an issue. And then he's going to be a, a big waiver ad. And you're going to be like, Oh man, I let him go for no reason. So I'd say, hold on to him until there's somebody you want to add to the bench instead. Andy, always a pleasure, my man. Thank you, as always. What do you got going on the podcast this week? Oh, man, we had a great uh, episode yesterday. Have our waiver wire pickups for the week, some fantasy advice up now on YouTube. Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara and Twitter at SickPodBrowns at AndyMC81 and Instagram at AndyMCSports. Sunday live, 10 a.m. Eastern. We're going to be having Joe Madden on the show for some big sports bets. 
some picks, some danger zone uh, betting, and uh, lots of fantasy football starts. And this is going to be really interesting week, I think, here, Logan, because with so many games having been played, these start sits and questions get real limited for your lineup on Sunday with some heavy hitters out. So it's going to be an important episode to listen to. So 10 Eastern on Sunday morning. Make sure you're tuned into that with uh, our pal Andy McNamara. Andy, enjoy the football this week, man. We'll chat with you next week. All right, you too, Logan. Talk to you later, guys. Take care. Andy McNamara joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline for another edition of Ask Andy with our fantasy football guru. If you missed out on getting your question read, you can still get some fantasy football advice from Andy on Twitter. He's at AndyMC81. Uh, you can tweet him your question. Just make sure you use the hashtag AskAndy, and uh, he's usually kind enough to get back to you uh, with a reply on Twitter if you uh, are still in need of some fantasy football advice coming up on week 12. Three games on Thursday. Packers, Lions at 10.30. Cowboys, Commanders goes at 2.30. And then your Thursday nighter is the 49ers and the Seahawks. And then Friday afternoon, uh, the Dolphins and the Jets ahead of a full Sunday slate of games in the NFL. Should be a good one. Looking forward to it. We will take a break. We'll come back on the other side. Jumping in on hour two of the program. Of course, continuing to get you set for the Flames and the Nashville Predators. We'll check in with our pal Ailish Forfar from Sportsnet 590, the fan in Toronto. Plus, taking a look at the opposition's David Poyle night in Nashville. The Predators are 7-10 and 10 on the season. Paul Skirbina is going to join us to take a look at the Predators. That, when hour two kicks off, it's next here on Sportsnet 960, the fan.